Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story for this week, Marktoberfest 3 happening this Saturday and Sunday, November 6th through 7th. We've had a little more information come out about the Marktoberfest events, festivities, however you want to describe it. Let me give a little recap first. Two locations for Marktoberfest on November 6th at the Doubletree Hotel in Westlake, Ohio, which is in the northeast Cleveland area. The room, the conference room is booked from 8 a.m. on November 6th until 2 a.m. on November 7th. And that is factoring in daylight savings time. Because at 1.59 on November 7th in the a.m., it won't go from 1.59 to 2. It'll fall back an hour to 1. So we are gaining that extra hour in the conference room. That Saturday, Sunday, the location will be Recess Games in North Olmsted, Ohio. Same geographical area starting at 11. Now. As far as the events happening, we know that starting at around 12.30 on Saturday will be the main Marktoberfest focus, the Create a Competitor Tournament. There will be a number of rounds and then a top cut. I'm going to assume Swiss rounds because that's normally how they run the tournaments. The Rust Belt who's putting on Marktoberfest 3, that's normally how they run their tournaments. And then there will be a cut to a top 16 or top 32. Just depends on how many people are actually signed up and playing in the event. There will be stipulations in the top cut. None of those have been announced yet. From what they have said, from what General Manager John Clay said of the most recent episode of Talk of the Universe, there's going to be a stipulation pool. So in each of the rounds of the top cut, one of these possible stipulations in the pool could be the stipulation, and there might be multiple stipulations used in each round of the top cut. Again, that pool has not been announced. So at this point, I can't tell you what the stipulations in the top cut might be. There has been a ban list put out. It's a preliminary ban list. This could change. But the competitors currently on the ban list are Snake Pit, X-Royce, Gold Standard, Devil's Advocate, and Swaggy D. I did not mention Vanilla Gorilla. That is because for the first time at a Rust Belt event, Vanilla Gorilla is legal. You can play Vanilla Gorilla. I don't know if you will. I don't know who will, but Vanilla Gorilla, now legal at Marktoberfest 3. Two final bits of news about Marktoberfest. The first, I should have mentioned this a minute ago when I was talking about the pool. It's six stipulations in the pool from my notes. Again, don't know what those six stipulations might be, but it is six from what I have seen reported. And then after 
the main tournament. There may be a sealed event. Other than that, there are going to be some championship matches at Marktoberfest 3. Bob Dunn will be defending the LFF Underworld Championship against James Booker. That has been announced. The current Midwest Coast champion, who I'll go ahead and just mention, it's the Trash Man. The Trash Man did have a match earlier in the week. I'll talk about it briefly later. Actually, I might as well talk about it now. Wednesday night, the Trash Man had a match for the championship. He faced off against the other Steve. Neil Nealon, the Trash Man, used the Trash Man. The other Steve used the other Steve. The match went to crowd meter two, and the Trash Man successfully defended. So he will be defending his belt again. He'll have a match at Marktoberfest 2. The challenger has not been announced. Per the uh, general manager's booking, the Midwest Coast event, it's down to two challengers. They have not decided which of the two, but two men are currently up to be the next challenger for the Midwest Coast Championship. Outside of the announced championships, I believe we'll see a match for the Tornado Tag Team Championship because the current champion, Brad Iyer, is located in that area. From what I understand, Ken Fouché, the current Deep Six champion, will be on hand in person at Marktoberfest 3, so his belt may be defended. And who knows what else. We could see the Tag Championships, the Intergalactic Championship. We could even see the World Heavyweight Championship defended at Marktoberfest 3. We just don't know at this point. None of that's been announced, but those are possibilities and more. And while we're on the subject of things not being announced, I want to take a moment and be a bit critical of Marktoberfest 3. When they announced Marktoberfest 3 this year, they announced it as a two-day event, taking place on the 6th, Saturday, and then on the 7th, Sunday. They announced that they're going to have the conference room until late into the night and even in early into the next morning. And they announced there's going to be things going on on the 7th at another location, recess games. As of right now, though, with less than a week left, outside of the main tournament, they have announced no other events. They've talked about the possibility of a sealed event after the main tournament. But that's it. Here's my issue with this. They are asking people to book hotels and stay overnight because it's a two-day event. As of right now, as far as like organized play is concerned, it's just like a regular Marktoberfest or Rustmania event. One main tournament, and that's it. To me, if you're going to ask people to stay late, there needs to be some sort of organized play announced. If you're going to ask people to come in the next day, stay overnight, there needs to be some sort of organized play announced. Or you need to just come out and say, after the main event on Saturday, we're just going to leave the room open late for people to hang out, play some fun casual games, and just enjoy each other's company for a few hours. Sunday, we're just going to meet up, 
the next day, anyone that decided to stay over, go to the local store, play some casual games, and hang out. One of those two needs to be mentioned. Because as of right now, we don't know what's going on. Nothing's been announced as far as anything outside the main tournament. And they're asking people to make plans, spend money, stay overnight, and nothing might go on. Speaking about staying overnight Saturday night and showing up on Sunday at Recess Games, from what has been posted on the Rust Belt Wrestling discussion group on Facebook, there are currently two events, not Super Show events, two other like play events for other games scheduled at Recess Games on Sunday with an expected attendance such that if everybody who went to the Doubletree on Saturday tried to go to Recess on Sunday, they couldn't. There are already two other games booked in there. There will not be enough space available for the Super Show people, all of them, that go on Saturday to go on Sunday. It's going to be limited numbers. So that's an issue. They've advertised a venue, and they're encouraging people who come on Saturday to stay for Sunday. But as of right now, people who are there Saturday who might want to go Sunday could get shut out because there's just not the capacity at recess games for them to go. We just don't know yet. I also know that part of the reason what I've been told by sources, part of the reason why other events have not been announced is because those events are contingent on product availability. I won't go into more detail than that because I don't really have a great amount of detail besides product availability. If that's the case, having run events, nothing nearly as big as what these guys have run, having run events, if that's a concern, I would essentially tell the people, okay, here are the events we're planning. However, in case that doesn't happen, here are backup events. So if the idea is, for example, talking about sealed events, if they're concerned they can't run sealed events because they're not going to have product on hand, then tell people we're going to try to have sealed events. If that can't happen, be prepared to play in this type of event. Bring these types of decks, these types of cards. Give people, you know, options. But that's really all I have to say about the Marktoberfest 3 events. I'm looking forward to it. My big criticism is just more information sooner is better. Again, this is the last show I'm going to be doing before Marktoberfest. Marktoberfest 3 is in six days. People who are traveling are probably traveling in on either Saturday morning or Friday evening. So it's even less time for them. These things should be out there. There's no reason to wait so late. Especially if you're asking people to, to consider booking hotels and making bigger travel arrangements. Things need to get out there earlier. And that's going to do it for the Marktoberfest coverage right now. Let's talk about some of the other things. I needed to cut in here because while I was editing, some new information was posted about Marktoberfest 3. So let me give you that information, 
and I'm just going to be reading it off the Facebook post made by James Booker, Sunday night, October 31st. Here's how it starts. Saturday, November 6th, all the Saturday events are occurring at the Doubletree Hotel in Westlake, Ohio, 1100 Crocker Road. The Create a Competitor event, the registration opens at 10.30 a.m. The start time is 12.30 p.m. Deck lists will be required. I'm assuming they'll have papers there to fill out your own deck list. If not, you can print it off the SRG Super Show Discussion Group. There is a section there where that form is saved. You can just print that off. The number of participants that will make the top cut will be announced before the start of the event. So they will know based on how many people are there what the number they're going to cut to. If it'll be like a top 16, 32, 8, whatever number that is is going to be based on how many people actually play. Each mat in the top cut will have a match type or stipulation randomly assigned to it. Possible match types stipulations are Liger's Den, Steel Cage, Steel Chain, and Normal Crowd Meter. That's not saying that that's all that there is, but I would say these three or four, I guess you'd say no stipulation would be considered a stipulation here. But Liger's Den, Steel Cage, Steel Chain, or Standard Match are what they have listed here. The following competitors are booked for this event and may not be used. This is the ban list. Snake Pit, Scarlet Graves, Devil's Advocate, Swaggy D, X-Royce, and then the original version of John Clace. The original version of General Manager John Clace. This is the one whose gimmick allows you to change the stipulation of the match before it starts. Those are all banned. Vanilla Gorilla still unbanned. I had mentioned Gold Standard as being on this ban list. It's not on the list James Booker posted. It was on the list that John Clace read out Wednesday night on Talk of the Universe. So I don't know if he is or isn't banned. Scarlet Graves is a new addition to the list. Uh, if you are thinking about bringing Gold Standard, have a backup. But according to the most recent list from James Booker, it's not book. It's not banned. Special ruling. If the EC Splash is stopped on the first turn of the game, the player stopping the EC Splash wins the match via disqualification. If you're not familiar... The competitor set for EC3, there are two versions of the Strike Finish EC Splash. The original version has draw five cards. If this is the first turn of the game, this card is also a lead. The subsequent printings don't have the lead text. They just have the draw five cards text. So this makes it, if you're happy to be playing EC3 and you have that original EC Splash, this matters to you. If you're not, doesn't matter. Um, all 2020 and 2021 rulings are effect. I'm still reading off the post that was made by James Booker. Sealed event will start after the CAC. So Saturday, there's going to be a sealed event. Cost and format to be determined. And then there are other various events, times, format, and prizes to be determined. Sunday, November 7th, all Sunday events will occur at Recess Games in North Olmsted, Ohio. 26636 
Brook Park extension. There's going to be a singles event. Registration starts at 11 a.m. The event starts at 11.30 a.m. The entry fee is $10. The number of rounds, top cut, and prizes to be determined. All 2020 and 2021 rulings are in effect. I wanted to add that to the show because of everything I just said to make sure that this was on the record. They did add more. It's still a lot more vague for my taste. But they did at least add that. And again, this doesn't negate the concerns with will there be enough space for players to go to both days? If you went Saturday, will you be able to go Sunday? Or will there be too many people already at the store? Will there not be enough play space for the people who want to go to both? I don't know. That's what's going on right now, though. For day two of Marktoberfest. There's also a note here from James Booker. Masks are not required. So if you're concerned about masks, that's not a requirement. You are allowed to play Ikuzo cards and competitors. And then that is all that's posted as of right now. That's all that's there. That's all the new information. Just wanted to get that out. And with that, Let's uh, rejoin the original show. Today, as I record this, October 31st, it is the last day to sign up for the 2021 Create a Competitive Competition. By the time this comes out, it's going to be too late for people to have signed up. If you're going to sign up, you would have sent your entry to stuman 9 at Hotmail.com or just contacted Patrick Mulligan through Facebook Messenger. You tell him your name, your competitor's name, physical description, including what they wear in the ring, and their biographical information. I have re-entered JAC. Hopefully, if you're looking for somebody to support, please support JAC in the 2021 CCC. I know there are still people signing up. When Patrick Mulligan talked about this last Wednesday on Talk of the Universe, there were a lot of people who've signed up. But then again, you know, entries trickle in. We'll see how many do sign up. This could be a smaller year than last year. The reason I'm thinking that is because, and then we talked about this on the CCC show, about how a lot of people came into the game through Origins, through Gen Con, through these conventions. And now right after that, the CCC starting. I almost wonder, though, if it's too close. If there has not been enough time for these people to see the announcements for the 2021 CCC. We'll just have to see what happens when the actual uh, list of entrants has been released. Which I could see happening, you know, in the next few days. By the time the next show happens, we could see the list of who's going to be in the 2021 CCC. Outside of that, no other CCC news. There was a reminder Patrick Mulligan put out on the last episode of Talk of the Universe. I'll repeat it. If you're going to cut promos against certain individuals to avoid hard feelings, reach out to those individuals beforehand, work out what you're going to say so that in real life, there's nothing personal. Make sure everybody involved understands this is just an act 
for the contest. I don't like, you know, going behind the scenes with some of this stuff, but, you know, this is just a contest for people to have fun and potentially get a character made in the game. There's no reason to, you know, create conflicts with people that will last beyond this contest. Faction Wars 3. Again, as I'm recording this, this is the final day for the last eight teams in Phase Zero Faction Wars 3 to complete their matches and send the results to John Clace at srguniverse.com. As a reminder, there were 20 teams in the first phase, Phase Zero of Faction Wars. After the initial phase segment happened, 12 teams made the cut. The remaining eight, the bottom eight, point-wise, are battling it out. Four of those eight will join the other 12 and go into phase one as 16 teams. That's all I have for Faction Wars. Let's talk about the Rising Stars Tournament. The entrants in the Rising Stars Tournament have been announced. With a couple of exceptions, there are some people who signed up for the tournament who aren't going to be in this initial group, but may be added in as tag team partners later in the event. I'm just going to give you the list of players by coaches. Based on my count, there are 36 players listed on the list that's been published. Two players per coach. So I'm going to give you the coach and then both of their players. We'll start off, and this is going to be in alphabetic order by coach. The cannoli, Anthony Perry, will be coaching Nick Baxter and Molly Reed. Chugonomics will be coaching the Oracle and Brian Lee. Evie Fresh will be coaching Scott Mulholland and Christina Irwin. Hold the Line Harry will be coaching the Nightmare King and Rob Britt. Jeff McPeak will be coaching John Taylor and David Gusselman. Johnny Eldorado will be coaching Luke Olanowski, who is the Wiser Wizard and Ant West. Kid Thunder will be coaching Mike Prestars and Swaggy D. Kirk Polka will be coaching Edgar Marriott and Joel Williams. Loudmouth Leo Larynx will be coaching Ron Howe and Juan Besa. Practicite will be coaching Alex Wilson and Lucky Cat Nico. Lucky Cat Nico apparently just squeaked in because normally this event is closed off to people who have held LFF gold. And she is, as of last week, the current LFF trios champion. However, she made the list before that happened, so she's sort of getting a pass just squeaking in. Next up, John Polverino will be coaching the Great Outdoors, a.k.a. Mrs. Mean and Allie Johnson. Chris Pate will be coaching John Fair and Jason Jones. Sean Loeb will be coaching Nickel Alloy and the Corrugated Cardboard Villain. Simon Strauss will be coaching Dan Katowski and Jack Norris. Chris Pagillo will be coaching Piglet and Stephen Pinkney Jr. The other Steve will be coaching Ricardo Rodriguez and Mark Bibby. The Roach will be coasting Aaron Lay 
and Cheshire. And then finally, Tim Creaser will be coaching Matt Viveris and Larry Tibbles. Those are the coaches and players in the Rising Stars Tournament. They'll be helping those players pick their competitors and build their decks for this tournament. If it's like last year's, they'll be building one deck and playing that in every round, and you can't change between rounds. That's the Rising Star Tournament. The final bit of news before I talk about the events from the past week is going to be about the Cookies Fortune Tournament. We've reached the finals in the Cookies Fortune Tournament. James Booker versus Andrew Trevitt. There are going to be stipulations in this final match of the tournament. It's going to be a two out of three falls match. The first stipulation will be chosen by Andrew Treving, the second by James Booker. The third match, the third fall if necessary, will be a main event stipulation match. And with that, and I feel like I made a report on this last week, but with that, that's going to do it. Let's talk about the tournaments from this past week. We're going to start on Monday with the Proving Ground Tournament. This was the Tag Team Mutiny, which is a tag team format where, from what I understand, at the conclusion of matches, you can swap partners against your partner's will. Like all of those, there's a you know bullet round stage and then a top cut. Here are the results from the Pirate Mutiny Tag Team event. In third place, the team of Ken Fouché as Grim Librarian and Kylan Buchter as Candy Mam, the team known as the Schnickers. In second place, the team of Chris Pagillo as the one above all, and Andrew Mecky as Danny Limelight. Their team name was above the limbo line. And the winners of this event, known as Team Sourdough, are the cannoli Anthony Perry playing as Scott Prime and Evan Harris playing as Colt Cabana. I'll also mention this. There were two instances of mutiny in the event. The first was Kylan Buchter apparently committed mutiny against Justin Myers and swapped over and joined Ken Fouché to end up being the third place team. And then apparently Eddie Fury didn't even show up, abandoned the event to go watch a movie with his wife, didn't even play. That is the results from the Proving Ground Monday night, the Pirate Mutiny tag team event. Next week, the event taking place tomorrow as I'm recording this, it's going to be a no-entrance event, so you get no entrance cards, but you get to be accompanied to the ring by a singles competitor of your choice. Accompanied to the rings a stipulation where you get to use the gimmick of a singles competitor in addition to your own. As always, the original General Manager John Calais's band, you can't use him. And apparently, Dom Buchter Chugonomics, who got to choose this stipulation for the upcoming Proving Ground event, made it so only he can play as Night Terror or Peter Lionheart. I'm assuming that's both as 
your normal competitor and as the competitor you're going to be accompanying to the ring run. That's the proven ground. Next event, Thursday. We have Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Group stages, as always. This week, there were 16 players. Four groups of four. Top two from each group advanced. In the quarterfinal round, the top eight. All of the matches were played using the Psycho Circus stipulation. In the semifinal round, all the matches were played using the Beast Unchained stipulation. And in the final match, as well as the third place match, the Steel Cage stipulation was used. In fourth place, Jokerfish playing as Jokerfish. In third place, Hold the Line Harry playing as Mila Mai. The finalists were Time Bomb Tim as Danny Limelight. And the judge, Tim Riley, as Flip Gordon. The winner, Time Bomb Tim. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to the Cannoli and Evan Harris. I think I forgot to mention that. Let's move on to Friday. Friday, the Candyman hosted a pop-up event. Let me give you the information about this event. 32 players, group stages, 4 to a group and then cutting to a top 16. These are all singles matches, no stipulations. We had some diversity. There were three Danny Limelights and two Joseph Richies. They ended up using some tiebreakers. There were two tag teams and a tiebreaker, and then a triple threat for three of the groups to get to the top cut. After the top 16, the final four end up being in fourth place, Kid Thunder playing as the new competitor, the flip competitor, Kid Thunder flipping to Man Thunder. In third place, the Dread Pirate tech support, Simon Strauss, playing as Joseph Ritchie, one of the two Joseph Ritchies in the game. In second place, the Cheetah, Ian Chambers, playing as Danny Limelight, one of the three Danny Limelights. And the winner of Candyman's pop-up event, Chris Pate playing his x-rays. Congratulations to him. The final event was the purge event put on by Dizzy Derailed. I've been talking about this event for the past couple weeks. Unfortunately, the turnout was not great. There were only seven players that ended up signing up for the event. With seven players, here's what the format of the tournament ended up being. One of the players got a bye. The other Six faced off in three singles matches with two stipulations per match. One match was table cage, tables match, and steel cage match. The second match was a flaming psycho match, ring of fire match, and psycho circus match. And the final stipulation was the jacks building stipulation. This was both the lumberjack stipulation and the buddy building stipulation. The winners of these three single matches, plus the player who got the bye, entered into a fatal four-way using the new stipulation created specifically for this event, the Purge stipulation. It was an elimination match. Most matches, most multiplayer matches in Super Show the Game are first fall. 
meaning the first player to pin or submit another player wins with an elimination match. When a player is pinned or submitted, they leave the game. The game continues until there's only one player left. That player is the winner. Let me give you the purge stipulation. I'm going to read it out to you. The purge is a no disqualification, no count stipulation. The game starts with a max hand size of 12. Every time the crowd meter goes up, the hand size falls by 2. So at crowd meter 0, your hand size is 12. At crowd meter 1, it's 10. At 2, it's 8. So on and so forth. Cards cannot be buried by card or gimmick effects. And there's a special finish in this. If you have no cards in hand and no cards in your deck, you lose due to being purged. So it's almost an anti-countout. Normally, a countout, you have no cards in hand, no cards in your deck, and you win the turn roll, you would win by countout. In this case, no cards in hand, no cards in deck. And I'm not seeing where you win the turn roll, so it feels like this is like a steel cage, where in that situation, no cards in hand, no cards in deck, you win. In this situation, no cards in hand, no cards in deck, you lose. The finish roll boosts are different, too, in the purge stipulation. Normally, at crowd meter zero, your finish rolls are plus nothing. At crowd meter one, your finish rolls are plus one. At two, they're plus two, so on and so forth. In the purge stipulation, at crowd meter zero, your finish rolls are plus three. At crowd meter one and two, they're plus two. At crowd meter three and four, they're plus one. At crowd meter five, there is no bonus. However, at crowd meter five, you only get one breakout roll. So that is an effect. Also, when you hit crowd meter three, in addition to cards not being buried or discarded by card or gimmick effects. They can't be moved from discard to deck. And you can only pass for turn three times in a row. So, and that apparently, that pass for three might only be at crowd meter three. I don't, I'm not seeing that listed for four or five. It might just be an oversight. But very different stipulation in the purge. Very different. I'm not sure how it played. I'd be interested to see what people said about how it played. But that was the purge stipulation. Here are the top three in the purge. In third place, playing as Joseph Ritchie, the Dread Pirate tech support Simon Strauss. In second place, playing as Johnny Gargano, Jeff Bogle. Or Bogle, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I apologize to you for not knowing your name. I'll try to know that for next time. And then the winner, playing his overdog, Matt Barone. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to all of the winners from this past week's events. Let's talk about some upcoming events. As of right now, there's only one upcoming event listed on Supershowthegame.com. That is a Boss Rarty beatdown on November 19th, which... As I'm recording this, is two weeks from next Friday. So a little less than three weeks from now. $30 entrance fee, which does net players 
a payoff pack. So it's essentially $10 off a payoff pack just for signing up. Here's the way the event works. It's a singles event. You choose four entrance cards. You can reveal one entrance card each round. It has to be a different one each round. You're going to be put in groups of four, which means you'll use one of your entrance cards for each of those three matches. And if there is a tiebreaker, then you'll use your final entrance card. Tiebreakers, depending on the number of players involved in the tie, are either tag team matches or triple threat matches. Possibly. There could also be singles. It just depends, but tiebreakers could include tag team matches or triad matches. There are pre-selected stipulations in the top cut. I'm not seeing anything listed as far as the prize for winning goes, but let me give you some of the little extras that are included on the post on supershowthegame.com. If you have a Possessed by the Void card, you can use it in this event. If you have a blank Extra Life card, you can announce that you have it at sign up and then use it in the top cut. These were cards that were issued for a charity event quite a while ago. They're Valiant Spectacle cards. When you use it, you essentially can ignore a pinfall and keep playing. So if you get pinned or submitted, you take this card out, you sign it, and once you sign it, it now becomes useless. You can't play it anymore, but you can continue to go in the match. You do have to be playing Valiant Spectacles to use it. Those are going to be legal in this event. You're going to get additional prize cards for each card you have in your deck with Boss or Chop in the name. And then finally, all of the players in the same group as the winner. So when players are divided up into groups of four at the beginning, if the winner comes out of group A, that winner plus the other three members of group A will receive a special prize. They will get an autographed spectacle card. There may be more than this, but that's all I'm seeing right now on the post. The final thing I'll mention is players are not eliminated until Steve Resk says they're eliminated. So if you think you are eliminated, don't quit. Wait to be told that you've been eliminated because crazy things can happen in a boss ready beatdown. You may still be alive. That is all the events currently posted on supershowthegame.com. But expect Proving Ground to show up Monday. Don't be surprised if there's a Thursday event, Shibi's Thursday Night Fights or something like that. I would not expect much of anything this weekend, Saturday or Sunday, because of Marktoberfest, but maybe something will happen. There's also been a live play event announced on November 20th. Super Show Unplugged will be taking place at Alternate Universes in East Norton, Pennsylvania. This is a $10 Super Show single event. It's going to be Swiss rounds, going to a top cut of eight or four, depending on how many people enter. The semifinal round will be Ring of Fire. The finals will be main event. The winner of the event will face the Alternate Universe's Blue Bell World Champion 
either at PAX Unplugged or the next Alternate Universes event. There's also going to be two featured matches. The Alternate Universes Bluebell Play It Pure Underworld Championship match. The champion Jeffrey Fox with the Great Onimon will defend against Jeff Riley as Cyclone. And then there will be a match for the Alternate Universes Bluebell World Championship. The current champion, also Jeffrey Fox as J-Train, will be challenged by Joseph Ritchie as DJ Outlaw. That is all the details I have for Super Show Unplugged. And with that, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.